we are very fortunate now to be joined by renowned voice actor Erica Lindbeck onto the show whose talents have been featured throughout the gaming verse, including games like God of War Ragnarok, Persona 5, Cyberpunk 2077, and recently Hi-Fi Rush. Erica, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. Happy to be here. We were talking prior to recording. Uh, it is a journey and a joy to go through your IMDb. Goodness <laughs> gracious, you have had an incredible career. And you were telling only 30 and yet all those credits <laughs> I'll right be, there. I'll be 31 this month, so not quite. You know, oh, I'm nice. Yeah, 29th of May. Very cool. Happy early birthday. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. That's very cool. And uh, goodness knows, to be so accomplished, uh, I, it was neat going through and doing some of the research for the for the interview and, and whatnot. Um, did I catch that you grew up in North Carolina as well? Yes. Did I... Oh, did you grow up in North Carolina? I, I live in North Carolina <gasps> right now. Wait, where are you in North Carolina? I live in a small town called uh, Hope's, Hope Mills uh, outside of Fayetteville. Okay. And I grew up in Raleigh. So. Oh my gosh. I grew up in Greenville. So I, I went, went to, to college in Greenville. Oh, wait, did you go to ECU? Yes, ma'am. Oh my gosh, that is wild. That's yeah. actually like, that's a deep cut right there. Like, mm -hmm. that's really cool. Yeah, I, I lived in Greenville for 18 years. I moved out to LA uh, to go to UCLA to major in theater. That was how I ended up out here. That's that so cool. Wow. That, yeah, look at that. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. You moved out to to go to UCLA, UCLA and study acting and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Was that something that you had intentions of doing from the very beginning? Um, actually, my 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 dad wanted to be me to be more responsible, and he was like, mm -hmm. well, "You should major in business and then minor in theater." And then my actually my my high school theater teacher was like, so I told my parents, "Hey, listen, if you should you should give her the best chance she's got. Let her major mm -hmm. in theater." Um, and so I ended up auditioning for. A bunch of theater programs, not not as many as I should have. I was clearly very confident. I only auditioned for five programs, mm -hmm. and uh, UCLA was my was my reach. Like I'm never going to get in. I had to fly to New York. My mom flew with me to New York to audition for USC and UCLA because I knew I wanted to be in LA. I made that choice because um, I was like, when when whatever program I go to spits me out, I want to be where I'm going to want to have a career. And I knew that wouldn't have been New York. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, so I auditioned and I ended up not getting into USC and I got into UCLA, which was my which was my if I even if I got into every program, I would still go to UCLA. So yeah, mm -hmm. I ended up I ended up going. I feel really very fortunate. I had the support of my parents, and you know, I thought I thought when I graduated, I was like, I'm gonna be working in coffee shops for the rest of my life. But here we go. This is the only thing I enjoy doing. Um, yeah. I once heard an actor uh, friend tell me that you learn to make a lot of really good lattes when you're studying to be an actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I actually never <laughs> I booked my first job. The day before I was going to go in uh, to interview for a hostessing job mm -hmm. uh, after I'd graduated from college. My only real job that I worked was Halloween Horror Nights as a scare actor. Oh, nice. Yeah, I that was those. my one. And I was, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I kept booking like anime, I anime dubbing jobs. And so I would be like, okay, well, this will cover rent this month and then I'll figure it out next month. And then it just kind of like um, snowballed from there. You know, yes. slow a slow snowball, uh, not a. Um, yeah. So it was something that you not eased into. That's not the right term, but like you weren't blindsided by like immediate big big type things, correct? Um, I did. I, I would say my trajectory was a little quicker than than most. Mm -hmm. I was a, a very trained actor. You know, I'd been acting, I'd been doing theater and um, a little bit of film and whatnot. Um, but 
Uh, yeah, of course. It, it was small jobs. It's sm- smaller. I mean, depending. I mean, honestly, I love anime. Some of my favorite jobs I've ever done are anime. I'll never stop doing anime. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, my first jobs were were dubbing jobs, especially before I joined the union, you know, like non-union um, mm-hmm. anime dubbing jobs and like in little, you know, indie games and um, little like mobile games and things. But yeah, I did. I did book uh, the voice of Barbie, like within the first year. I think it was like within like six months of graduating college, I had booked the voice of Barbie. And that was crazy. That was something that really like, I mean, if you want to get brass tacks about it really granted me a lot of financial security in Mm -hmm. in an industry that's very hard to attain, but it was pretty early because they were kind of overhauling Barbie and they wanted a new voice and, uh, they were doing a bunch of different projects. So I was really, you know, set up pretty well. My first one of my first big video game job that I remember was, uh, I did incidentals in the division Mm-hmm. That was, yep. I was so excited. I'd been auditioning and auditioning and auditioning. And then I was, I was like, you've been booked for incidentals. So I was like civilian A and like a vendor. And I remember mm-hmm. I was so excited. I, oh, I can't even tell you. I was so, it's so hard. It was, it was just to me, it's a big job. I still do those jobs all the time where I'm, you mm-hmm. know, civilian A, vendor B, whatever. It's always fun. Yeah. I, I really like my job. Can you tell? <laughs> I enjoy I do. doing what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell the audience? I mean, I, it's pretty cool when it, when I look at some of the stuff you've been in, but like, can you talk to the audience a little bit about what incidentals and battle chatter 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 are? Yeah. I apologize if you hear something. My cat has a scratching post like right there, and she's going at it. That means Logan's ecstatic because his cat is love- called Alarm False. What is no, it? Motion sensor. Motion sensor. <laughs> My I have I have two cats, and one of them I have two is- as well. Yeah, two. Is yeah. Well. The one of them is just called motion sensor because it doesn't matter like where you go. If she sees you go past, she will meow. Mm-hmm. And it's just and, and she has a really like she has kind of a scary meow. Like a lot of people think that she's sick or oh. something's wrong whenever she meows. Raspy, raspy. It's of? not even raspy. It's just like it's, it's granular. It is terrifying. Yeah. Granular. Damn. It's, it's like I mean, back <laughs> It's wow. it's rough. So yeah, I, I affectionately, her name's Fern. She's got a really Fern. cute name, but That's I call her motion sensor because I can't move in this apartment without her noticing. Oh, yeah. When we were testing out Redfall, we, we got, uh, we got a lot of motion sensor happening in the background. Oh so, yeah. 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 She loves this desk. Do you have the hammer? You have Mjolnir back there? Is that? I do. I have that yep. one too. They sent me. Yeah. I, I, I noticed it's silhouette. I, I recognize it. Um, anyway, <laughs> sorry, sorry. What were you, what were you asking me, Luke? Oh, we're going to loop back to, to some of the press kits and stuff in your background because uh-huh. they're cool. <laughs> but uh, I, you had mentioned incidentals and I know in previous oh. interviews and stuff, battle chatter, yeah. battle chatter. That's really hard for me to say. Battle um, chatter, yeah. Love for you to share with the audience kind of what that entails so we can kind of show how that's different from like a main character or supporting character. Yeah. Um, incidentals is basically when you go in and you voice, a, a, you just run the gamut of different, of different characters. I might be voicing a kid and a soldier and a vendor or dying girl a you know whatever um battle chatter is basically all the screaming that you hear in video games like you know call of duty or whatever it's a lot of yelling those Mm -hmm. sessions tend to be a lot shorter because um they are very vocal they call vocally stressful or like Mm -hmm. a vocally demanding you know session whatever it's like you go in you knock out 270 screaming loops in 30 minutes and then you leave and you drink your tea and you don't talk for the rest of the day I don't do a lot of that now. I have some permanent vocal damage because I did a lot of battle chatter when I first started um, because mm-hmm. I didn't know my limits. I didn't know how to say no. Um, not something that I've learned. But yeah, uh, yeah, it can it can be it can be pretty brutal. It's brutal on the vocal cords. Is it also hard or is it easier emotionally, though, or mentally to like 
you don't have as many lines, I wouldn't think. Uh, yeah, so it's a little more mindless for sure. Um, not mindless in a, I don't mean like in a night. I mean, it, it, it is, it's a skill. It's a skill to, to, to scream like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely it's not, you know, it's not the same as scene work. It's just a different skill, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious. You talk about how you've done that for a while and stuff. Um, I know I know a lot of uh, friends who've like made living off of uh, just being like background actors in films and stuff oh, like that. Totally. Do you do you see that as like a, a a way to actually survive in in Hollywood as far as like doing voiceover work is doing like incidentals or battle chatter? Like, is that a, a or do you have to get oh. into like more significant roles if you want to survive? Oh, that's tough. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure there are people who, who do. I mean, I'm uh, quite, quite honestly, I have diversified a lot as far as what kind of voiceover I do. I do a lot of commercials. Like I do, that is actually pound for pound what, what will pay you the best. No, like no, no boots on the ground, like as far as residuals go or like passive income. Um, so for me, it's commercials, which are kind of like, an anonymous thing. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't talk about, yeah. I don't really talk about what, what commercial work I do. Um, that's, but I, I digress. Um, going off on tangents that don't have anything to do with incidentals and video. Games. I, I don't uh, blame I think, you because the, yeah, the, I mean, the, the couple, sorry, the couple okay. of uh, voiceover reels that I've had of, they've all been for commercial stuff and mm. any of the work that I've tried for has all been commercial. So I don't, I don't blame you for going for commercials as far as like oh, the main source of income. Well, uh, I would say it's my, ma- I would say it, it's just, it's, it's very, it's, it's as far as um time spent in the booth. It's the, it's the most bang for your buck as far as that goes mm, in, in, in my, gotcha. in my humble opinion. Um, But uh, I, like, I guess I'm just of the opinion that it would be hard to make a good living in Los Angeles just working on video games unless I was a celebrity and I was mm. getting paid, you know, far, far more than I do. And and not, not to say that they, you know, these, these games don't pay well. They do. It's just, I'd, I'd have to be working every day, eight hours a day on video games. And I don't, I'm sure there's somebody who, who does, but I will say being able as far as like looking at a, a, a career holistically, mm-hmm. I don't think you can make a living just doing leads, actually. Mm. I actually think you need to be able to go in and do the incidentals and sort of run utility. It's like called like a utility player. I would much rather be a utility player on everything than a lead in one thing because that is going to – that that actually is going to be better better for you, for your career, um, for your mortgage, you know, for all of it, I think, in my opinion, yeah. I think being – I think being like malleable is, is important for sure. And I still, that's the thing is like, I still, I, I'm not, I'm not just like offer only leads. I, I do everything. Oh my God. I'm in the background of so many things and I love it. It's super fun. It's also a fun, it's a fun um time to play, right? Cause you're doing these characters mm-hmm. that you might not necessarily book a lead for, but you know, they're like, Oh, we need like a little, a little boy. And you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I can try. I always say like, I can try. I'll do my very best. Yeah. Does that teach you more about the industry by being willing to be a utility player and being malleable? And also, I would imagine lets you meet more people too. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if it's a team I haven't worked with, of course I want to get in the room and you know, uh, and 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 meet those people and and show them what I've got for sure. Yeah, yeah. So actually, to to really answer your question, I think it's the other way around. I think it's harder to make a living only being a leading lady or man or person. Uh, I think it's, I think it's better to be sort of someone who everybody views as this, uh, like a, you know, a little more, a little more nebulous. Um, that's one of the reasons why actually I don't, 
attach myself as Erica Lindbeck branding wise too heavily to any one character because I don't mm-hmm. want anyone to pigeonhole me. I want to be able to work on everything. Like a hell of a boss and Barbie. Can you name two different, more yeah. different franchises? <laughs> right. I don't want anyone to look at me and go, oh, she's only like Cassie Cage in, in MK11. Mm-hmm. I want yeah. I want to be able to work on, you know, kid kid shows and things like that. So yeah, I try to I try to keep it pretty uh pretty neutral. Mm-hmm. That makes good sense. And I, I was noting as Logan and I are looking at our notes and such, you have such a, a credit list that that spans multiple types of projects, anime, animated film, video games as well. And I'm curious if there's a difference between working for a video game mm-hmm. than say an anime. I mean size of the role may be a factor, but project uh, type. Project type. Oh, anime is so anime is dubbing. You are literally in the booth by yourself and you are dubbing to something that's already there. Video games, you are generally going in unless you're doing a JRPG and there might already be some assets that exist that you might have to match for time, like a Final Fantasy seven. Mm-hmm. I just burped. Sorry. A Final Fantasy seven remake or something like that. Uh, but uh, but for anime, you're dubbing video games. It's generally you're just going in and you're and you're reading down lines, just reading down lines. Uh, for different, you know, the fit for different scenarios, whether that be battle or, um, you know, uh, yeah, battle or, you know, just conversational or depending on what kind of game you're working on, if it's more cinematic, if it's a MOBA, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. That makes good sense. Mm-hmm. Logan? I'm kind of curious, uh, with most of your work for, say, like Demon Slayer having been transpired as as an anime, as Daki, yeah. uh, but you've also put time in on as the game in the same role are there any characters that you'd love to see make that cross uh between anime to game or game to anime uh probably mordred from the fate series yeah i'd love to voice mordred in a game i mean it is a game in japan and we just haven't been able to dub it so yeah i'd love to do mordred mordred in a a video game it's fantastic Mm -hmm. that's cool You've been part of some pretty high-profile franchises. I think that's a pretty fair thing to say, from Cyberpunk 2077 to Fortnite, God of War Ragnarok. And I'm curious, are there certain performances specific to gaming for you that stand out more than others? Uh, I... Hmm, interesting. Because you talked about not wanting to be pigeonholed, and you have such a wide variety within that. Mm. Uh, I love... I love video games, both as a fan, and I also really just love uh, working on them. As far as like really special projects, I'd say Tell Me Why. I voiced Allison Ronan and in, in Tell Me Why, uh, which was a Don't Nod title, and that was really, really special, especially because August, my counterpart, and I got to record together in the same room, which is super rare, incredibly rare for a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like a, a project that's just near and dear to my heart would probably be Persona 5 because Futaba was one of the first bigger I mean that that role was just a game changer because Persona a, a lot of a lot of video games um are very um plot driven as opposed to character driven and I always prefer a character driven story it just gives me more to more more to chew on uh and I think that that's that is the crux of Persona 5 if you don't fall in love with those characters your game's DOA so for me well, and also being able to voice Futaba throughout the years since I was, I think I booked Futaba when I was like 23 or 24. Um, and I've been, you know, doing this for a little while now. And so getting to revisit that character is really, really special. Uh, as far as holistically, I'd say probably Black Cat and Spider-Man PS4 because I got to do some mocap for that. And that was awesome. I loved it. I come from the theater. I love, you know, I loved being able to being, be in the volume and, you know, doing scene work with other people. So, yeah, there's there's so many, though. I mean, oh, Mi- Misty, Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I love voicing Misty. She's one of my favorite characters I've probably ever done. I have. She was really I, good. Yeah, I was wondering, since you brought Misty up, um, 
do, do you think back to those characters and like what you liked about them? Did it, does it come back to you? Like, do you, could you word what it is about Misty that made her special to you? Or do you have to put yourself back in the role to get there? Uh, I love Misty because she was so non-judgmental and so soft in the face of so many horrible things happening. And I think that especially at this point in my life is a quality that I hope to emulate or, you know, at least like, like someday I want to get there. I want to get to where to, to, to the headspace that Misty seems to constantly be in. Yeah. That's beautiful. Beautiful. I think her faith in her uh, tarot readings really helped her kind of be that, yeah. that keystone or that, that thing that kind of propped her up. Yeah. I remember having, I was, ooh, I was sobbing like, after that, I don't know what it was about reading those tarot cards, but I was losing my, I was losing it a little bit. I had to stop. I remember Pierce. I was just like, yeah, just give me a second. I, whew, like it was, uh, yeah. Much that different role. Often? Yeah. I'm curious. Does that happen often where, cause you talked about the story in certain video game characters and then you, you mentioned that emotional moment. Do, do you get to know enough to really like feel some of those emotions? Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause it, all, all I need to know is, you know, all I need to know about the the character is to the extent that it affects the character in whatever scene that I'm in, that I'm doing. So I don't mm -hmm. have to know the entire game to know, you know, what some of the more emotional moments in a high fight rush, right? Mm -hmm. I knew exactly what was going on and who I was talking about and how I felt about them. That's really gotcha. all, all, all one, one needs to know, but absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, I really, yeah, I, I really get into it uh, to my detriment. Sometimes I feel. That's awesome. So cool. Yeah. I was kind of, uh, cause we've talked about it as far as like some of emotions and stuff. I'm, I'm wondering for you as a, as an actress, uh, do you ever get self-conscious that the, the multitude of characters that you've done start to sound too similar? No, cause it's a different game. So I don't care. That's, I don't, mm. that does not even cross my mind. I'm only one person. Of course I'm going to sound similar throughout my projects. As long as it's not like my three League of Legends champions that I voice that have to all talk to each other, then I'm good. I don't I don't mind. I don't I'm not a I am not a chameleon at all vocally. Mm. Like, no, I do not consider myself like that at all. I think I understand like the psychologies of uh, quite a few different characters, but I don't think that it, it's like, well, I had no idea it was you. It's I don't I don't I don't find myself. See, I would, I will, I'll press back and say that I'd be hard pressed to, to be able to call anyone out to be able to tell me who the actresses were for, uh, say like, like Misty or like Meredith Stout. Mm -hmm. And I, I can tell you probably most people can't hear it and they'll mm -hmm. probably say that they're two different people. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess maybe for me, I focus more on psychology than anything else mm -hmm. because vocal, like unless it is a technical thing like for example again league of legends where i went okay if i'm gonna if i'm gonna audition if i'm gonna keep auditioning for these characters i have to make sure that they sound different from the other characters so that was a like a technical um you know thought that i had um or misty and meredith like they are in the same game i have to they have to sound different um so yeah yeah you come up you come up with different things well oh, so you've talked about voicing characters in the same in similar project like the same uh, different characters in the same project. You talked about investing in the story and such. How do you find the right voice for some of these characters? Because as you emote and work with them, finding that voice has to be difficult, whether it's Allison, whether it's Misty, whether it's Black Cat, which is, which yeah. is awesome, um, and Peppermint. You know, they're all different. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It, it They all feel like facets of myself. So 
That's cool. Not really. So you're that. Captain Marvel. Part of you is Captain oh, Marvel. Uh, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, there's definitely a little Captain Marvel in there. I'm really good at playing pretend. You have to be to do voiceover. <laughs> you just have to. Uh, but no, I mean, every. I think everybody has the tools, whether they realize it or not. To, to play any to play any character, uh, Richard Horvitz always said. By the way, okay, I will I will I will shout out uh, Crispin Freeman for the psychology comment. He's like, it's not about the voice; it's about whose psychologies do you understand? Um, and then Richard uh, Richard Horvitz, who now it was just, I used to take his classes, and he uh, he'll go and at it again, Kika. Uh, and and he would always say, just because you didn't book the character doesn't mean you didn't get the character. Like, because Richard was like, yeah, I've never booked Superman, but that doesn't mean that I haven't got given my version of Superman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyone can do anything. We all have the tools. We've all lived enough life ostensibly to be able to, to be able to sort of, you know, foist these characters out of ourselves and, uh. Like pull, pull them out and, and, you know, make them real for ourselves, whatever that means. It might not be, you know, what Insomniac is looking to cast for right now, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that it's not valid. Well, how important is it is like, say, the director or whoever is guiding you on the oh. process of bringing that character to life? Can you talk about that aspect of it a bit? Because if you're yeah. if you're Black Cat, your Black Cat might not quite be Insomniac, so then you have to meet in the middle, find a way, mm-hmm. make it work. Once you've well, been that's why it. they cast me. I mean, because my my Black Cat did fit what Insomniac uh-huh. wanted. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I might have been. See, this is this is interesting, right? Uh, Jeremy Hall, I believe, was cat. He was casting uh, for Black Cat when when mm-hmm. this was when this was going on. And he was talking about like the A folder and the B folder and the C folder. There's like the A folder is okay. This audition is exactly what we need. This is right in the pocket. The B folder is. The B folder, oh God, I think the B folder was the no folder. Oh, I'm probably butchering this. And then the C folder was great, but not like save them for later. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like this is okay. great, but this is not what we're looking for. Um, and I've totally forgotten your question. Can you repeat that? Well, I'm, I have horrible ADHD and it is rearing its ugly head. First of all, ABC folder, dope, cool concept. I like it. Yeah. But the idea of, okay, you're cast in the role. You're the right person for that. And now they need to yes. bring you into that scene or that vision. Absolutely. That is why it, it is really important because this is a director's medium. They're picking the takes. I'm not picking the takes. So when I go in, like they are the ones guiding me to the performance that you know company ABC wants and that they feel good about. It's really not about me at the end of the day. My job is just to be malleable and deliver what they need. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that's really that's really like where it where it ends for me is just get, give them give them what they want. But yes, it's also why you don't make any insanely you you don't set anything in cement uh, before mm-hmm. you go in because you you might be I, I've I've gone in and they go okay we loved your audition it's not quite what we want but we know your work we know mm-hmm. you can do what we want you know there's so much that happens so you don't ever marry yourself to anything it's all very um in flux when it comes to this this kind of stuff, you know? And sometimes it is. We just want you. We think you're cool. Do what you do. Which is how I felt about like Cassie Cage and MK11. That was very just do it, go. By the end, they were just writing for me for all those DLCs. Like, um, or Luna and Hell of a Boss. That's just, we just want you. Just do your thing. Um, Which is nice. That's gotta be empowering. It's empowering, but it's also really cool to to, um, collaborate with a team and make something cool. It's all great. It's all great. What makes a good note then? Like, uh, what's the right mm-hmm. kind of way to to bring about Erica's 
best version of something to um i respond well to threats uh oh nice okay. no i just i just uh <laughs> no i mean something that a, a note that isn't that doesn't feel arbitrary i need to know why a character would i, I need to know i need to know the why i need to be able to justify why uh my mm-hmm. character would react this way or um yeah that, yeah there has that's to be cool a cause <laughs> very cool logan um i don't i didn't want to take over your question did you want to get that one do you want me to tackle that one Oh, I was just curious, uh, and I, and I feel like I kind of got the answer. Um, but I was just wondering if there was ever a time where you've you've been offered a character, or you you got a job, but then you found out kind of like what the character's look or or attitude was, and that kind of turned you off from wanting to do the role. Oh, uh, I'm sure I ha- yes, I have absolutely yeah, yeah. I've been offered things where the writing was just terrible and so, or it just like wasn't funny and it was offensive. Like, I don't want to be a part of like hell of a boss mm-hmm. is really funny. Right. And it's yeah. offensive and be, and it's funny and it gets away with it because it's so damn funny. But I've been, I've had people, you know, it's mostly like indie projects, not, mm-hmm. not to, I mean, there are obviously amazing indie products or projects everywhere. And I work on indie projects all the time, but uh, sometimes it's, it's just someone with like a script that they want to make. And I read it and I'm like, this is just offensive or mm-hmm. um, so certain ratings that certain things might have might, might shy me away from working on, uh, you know, on them. Yeah. Or there has been a time where a team was incredibly rude and my agent said, we're not doing this job. The way mm-hmm. these people have spoken to us is absolutely like unconscionable and and I, I'm not letting you work for these people. And I went, okay, I trust you. I've been with my agents for Aww. eight years now. Yeah. That's great this, to hear. This is the the one that you showed up uh, very beginning. I'm remembering some of your, you, you were not signed to any agency. You went first day. Is this correct? Yeah, Atlas. I, I was still in college and I went and I sat down and Heather doesn't remember this, but I do. I sat down and I, she goes, well, you're not in SAG and you have no credits. We'll give you a shot. We'll probably drop you, but we'll let you know what you need to work on. It'll be a good experience for you, which by the way, is a very kind thing to do. Like truly, she wasn't being, you know, rude. It just was, it was, well, you're a complete unknown quantity. So we'll give you a shot. Mm -hmm. Um, And then apparently I guess what happened was I wasn't booking anything. Um, I was booking some like jobs on the side, not, not through my agent, but, uh, I wasn't booking and they were kind of going, okay, should we probably, we should probably drop her. And then I guess Heather and one other person was like, well, her video game rates are really good. Can we just keep her for a little bit? And then eventually it, you know, it takes time, it takes time to, you know, it's, it's, it's a really specific skill doing voiceover, especially for video games. And so I understand now why it's a lot easier to bring in known quantities. It, you know, um, sure. Cause it's, it's tough. And sometimes you don't have the budget. You just got to get the job done. You want someone in there who, who knows? Which is why I feel so lucky that um, people took people took chances on me. I mean, some people, some some jobs that I that I have done that I'm super proud of, I got just because someone believed in me more than I believed in myself. Or my ability always, that to always feels good. Yeah, the task. So I'm super grateful for that. Speaking of of all the roles that you've had, do you ever find it hard to remember what roles uh, you've done and, and what yes. they sound like? Yes. Uh, not like big ones, but just, again, utility incidentals. I, you know, I'm, I'm hopping around on a lot of different things in the background. And of course I forget. Oh my gosh. Um, speaking of background, you do have a lot of, uh, uh, really beautiful press kits 
hanging out there in the background. Oh yeah, I, yes. I've been. I feel very lucky. A lot of people send me a lot of stuff, and I don't know what to do with any of it, so I just kind of keep it back there. It's a so that's like a full of Easter. Egg. We have more questions, but that's like a, a trove of Easter eggs. Do you have any press kits or, or collector's editions that stand out, or that you're like, yes, I got this one. Uh, uh, the I, uh, the God of War uh, Ragnarok press kit w- is amazing. Um, geez, I don't know. I'd have to think of. I'd have to think. Oh, I have Barbies up there that were given to me when I booked Aww. Barbie, and that was really, um, really special. The Jedi Survivor one is really cool too. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're all cool. They're all special. I'm trying to keep them because you know. It's, I mean, it's it's awesome that anyone would mm-hmm. you know deign to send me anything. <laughs> I'm such a loser. <laughs> it, it, it occurs to me, you're this fantastic voice for Barbie for, for you know, out, out of, you know, so quickly and you have that cool level of success. And then now they're doing a, a Barbie movie yeah, that's live cool. action. Is that, Do you ever feel like a, a sense of ownership on properties like that when you've gotten like, Absolutely no, not even not. a little? No. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Would, okay. Yeah. I'm fascinated by that because I would think. <laughs> I was the voice of Barbie for a bit. Like, that's kind of cool. Not that you own it, but like uh, that, a part of your, that oh. success is your success. I, no, uh, no. maybe I should talk no. to my therapist about this. No, I just, I just don't, <laughs> I don't attach the success of thing, things that I'm on to, to myself. I feel like mm-hmm. very much a, a, a small part of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know, especially Barbie. I mean, a million people have voiced Barbie. I feel very lucky that I voiced her for any amount of time. But ever, you know, maybe it's a it's probably a protective thing, right? All of it can go away. I've been replaced on many projects. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of. I think that it's really healthy to think about, honestly, compared to some of the things I've seen on Twitter from other bigger. You know, not not to disparage your work, but oh, no, no, there's no, been no. some really really talented actors and actresses out there that do uh, very very candid about their ownership on characters and, and not getting offered roles for stuff. So I'm really surprised and impressed by that outlook, yeah. honestly. Thank you. I mean, it keeps it again, like it really, as cheesy as it sounds, I really do try to make it about the work and the, like for me, and obviously of course I will celebrate and revel in the success of, of things that I'm a part of, but um, it ends for me the second I walk out of the booth. Like I ser- I go in, I serve the project as best I can, and then I go. And whatever happens after that is wonderful, but uh, it really doesn't have anything to do with me, to be quite honest. So I try to separate it. I think it keeps me, you know, it it, it keeps me manageable. <laughs> it keeps the ego in check a little bit, you know? That probably also is, is a bit of insulation from if a game is successful, not successful. Yeah, don't read your good press, don't read your bad press. That was one of the the best, you know, the best pieces of advice I got when I first started is don't read your good press, don't read your bad press. Like I'm not I'm not silly enough to think that the success of Persona Five was predicated on my performance. Like that's that would be crazy. I mean, at least for me, that would be crazy. I can name you a bunch of other people who would have done a great job of Futaba or any of the characters I've done. I mean, my God, like I feel lucky that I'm, you know, I feel lucky that I make a living doing what I do and all that. But while we're self-depreciating, is there a sense of pride also? Of course I'm proud. Yeah, that is, that's the bar is if I walk out of the booth and I'm proud of what I did, then I am good. If I do an audition and I send it off and I feel good about that audition, I'm good. That's all I need. That's like, gotcha. that's it. That's, that's the pinnacle because everything else I cannot control. Um, no, believe me. Listen, I know. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of pride in what I do. I just think like 
I try to I try to remove myself from the like business side of things as much as possible. And I sure. don't attribute those successes to just like me, like myself no. or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I'm not saying that I don't have like my special sauce that I put on characters like that make <laughs> them cool. I'm just saying that like there's a lot of amazing people in the world. I just feel lucky that I, you know, that I that I get to work on the stuff that I do. Very That's grateful. Cool. Yeah. Erica, recently Xbox fans specifically were treated to your talents in Hi-Fi Rush. Treated to my talents. I That's can't. pretty cool, right? That's a good line, isn't it? Sure, yeah. Huh? Thank you. Wrote it myself. They were, they were treated with my talents. That's right. As Peppermint, uh, mm-hmm. what's cool is for, for a lot of gamers, that game was a surprise. It was ah, shadow uh, To me as well. <laughs> That's what I would like you to talk about a little bit is that game came out of nowhere for us. Mm-hmm. We were treated to the talents of that to- whole dev team. See, I tried to get it in twice. Yeah. Uh, but I was wondering if you could talk about what it was like to see that shadow drop, working oh. with Tango Gameworks over <laughs> mm-hmm. in Bethesda, and bringing that character Peppermint to life. They were lovely. Uh, I will tell you a fun little tidbit about Peppermint. So we that was my last session, my last in-studio session. Or actually, uh, I don't know. Actually, I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm allowed. Whatever. It's fine. Um. So I booked that role and we did the vertical slice and all that. I didn't know that the game was going to drop until the, I didn't know the name of the game until the day it dropped too. I literally, oh. it was, it was codenamed. So we were oh, working wow. on that game for years because of the, because of the pandemic um, and all that we were working on, we were working on it, you know, for a long time and I had no idea. And, and it was, it was super well written and I loved the team and everything. And the character was really fun. And they let me kind of, they let me kind of inject my, my, uh, my, myself into it a little that's a character that feels very close to me like mm-hmm. not you know it doesn't it's not like a huge a huge stretch <clears throat> but what I think is really funny is <laughs> my uh the casting director Amanda Wyatt when I walked in to do the first session for it she goes I'm gonna be completely honest with you Erica. I didn't think you were gonna book this part like she goes you weren't <laughs> even really in my top 10 you were like a Hail Mary that I threw in there at the last minute because I just didn't think that you were going to be what they wanted, which, by the way, Amanda is incredible. And, and obviously, she, she wasn't trying to disparage me. She just went, I just didn't think that she was like, I liked your read. I just wasn't I wasn't sure that that would that would be what they wanted. And I love it. I bring it up all the time. And she's like, I don't even remember saying that. And I'm like, <laughs> I do. I love it. Again, everyone in this industry is so cool and chill. They keep you so humble. They really do. Yeah. I didn't even think you were going to. I just threw you in there at the last minute. I'm happy you're here. It's just so funny. That's yeah. got to be years you said working on this one though yeah yeah years. Mm-hmm. how many yeah. years i don't know i honestly can't even remember a couple okay yeah i'm gonna have yeah. to double check that i was allowed to say that by the way because i don't know i'll keep that part you know it's cool yeah i got you I, no problem don't yeah. well, i don't pry on that one it's just fascinating to me because some of the booth work you talked so about long to make yeah. And some of the, well, we had John on and he talked about it, you know, starting in 2017. Oh, great. Um, Never mind then. then, then you're then good. The time yeah, stuff yeah. is fine. I couldn't remember what, it, I think it's just spoilers about, you know, the game. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and what's fascinating to me though, is that the voice work could take in such a long time. And well, it was very piecemeal. So it wasn't like we were, you know, wall to wall. It would be like, you know, a few months would pass, do a session, a few months, a couple sessions. Interesting. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But I, I remember, yeah, they emailed us and they said, hey, sorry to interrupt you. And they were like, hey, uh, we're dropping Hi-Fi Rush. You can talk about it now. Ah! And I was like, whoa, okay. And then everyone really <laughs> liked it. And I was like, what a lovely surprise. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. cool. And what kind of, I feel like I've already asked this, so I don't mean to if I've double asked it, but in bringing Peppermint to life, did you get special direction for that one? It was near and dear to your heart. Was it just a lot of you, that special sauce? 
That special sauce, the special Erica sauce. You said it, your words, not mine. I have to say, (laughs) blanket statement, everyone has their own special sauce. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to go too hard into that metaphor, but um, like, yeah, I mean, they really just kind of let me be me. I remember, I remember seeing the art and thinking I was one of the, I was, I was at a time in my life where I'm going to go against the grain and I kind of. I, I, I saw the art and I thought that people might, I went, oh, I think everyone's going to go an- really anime and cute kawaii with her. And I didn't, mm-hmm. I just went, I just basically was like, what up? You know, it's basically my natural voice, almost very, a little slightly different. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember, and they, I went in and they were like, yep, that's what we want. I think I even, I think they even wanted it lower than I was making it in the beginning. Like they, they were like, no, no, no. Yeah. You know, it, art, art can really like, mess you up there was one character that i did in XCOM chimera squad that was a snake and i didn't know she was a snake until the day the game came out <laughs> that my character was a snake because they never said it they just That's said so alien in the initial sides well because everyone mm-hmm. would have been like like everyone would have done they, yeah. i don't think they wanted that so they went eh. you know yeah, yeah Gorilla. Know. her name is torque <laughs> yeah she's a snake and i had no idea i was shocked that's cool. that's wild. Yeah, did uh, that answer your question? It or? certainly did. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm curious, and and this is not a lead question, so yeah. so let me make sure I'm specific. Is Peppermint's story done to you? Is that something that if they ever revisited one way or the other, is that something you would want to revisit? Absolutely, of course. Yeah. Also, I mean, my God, it's an embarrassment of riches with like Roger Craig Smith and Robbie Damon and like Misty Lee, Sarah Elmale, like all these people. Uh, Todd Todd Haberkorn's in it as well. It's just like, it's a great, oh, and my Gabe Kunda. Oh my God. Like it's just a lovely, I'm happy. It made, it made people happy. And I liked mm-hmm. that when I started seeing like fan art pop up and stuff, I was like, oh, okay. Wow. People are really, really liking this game. That's great. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. One of our listeners actually, uh, we posed the question, you know, if they had anything they wanted to reach out to you. So Matt Kennedy uh, wanted to say, uh, Misty was one of my favorite characters in Cyberpunk. Uh, I would make it an absolute must to always stop by her shop, check on her, and have her tarot cards read. Uh, his question is, is there more of Misty's story to tell? I hope she remains in the franchise in some way. I do too. I remember actually that Misty wasn't, I booked the character of Meredith. Misty oh, was really? a tiny part that they just threw me and then they kept writing for her and they kept writing for her and they kept adding and they kept adding. And she ended up being a bigger character than Meredith because they liked her so much. And you know, what's crazy. crazy. It took me like, we recorded the same stuff like three times and Misty sounded different in all three of them. And then on the, because they were redoing just like re I was, they were retooling the story and stuff. It wasn't anything like we need to go back in and re and re get this character. It was literally just like, she sounded like a sorority girl when I first started doing it. I I could Mm. not figure out how to do her. I was really scared. Mm. I just, I don't know. I just sounded, it was very like Valley girl, like gag me with a spoon in the beginning. (laughs) And then we ended up with this kind of like soft dreamy, uh, almost like a Harley Quinn a little bit in my brain. Like, I don't know what it was. It was like, she's so soft and everything around her is so hard and just odious. Like that's what I really love about her. Um, but yeah, that that is the truth. I mean, I booked Meredith and then uh, in the first round of auditions, Misty was a rando shopkeeper and then she ended wow. up becoming, yeah, exactly. And also, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot, you know, and she has, she deals with a lot of themes of like grief and stuff, which is also things that, which are things that I've, 
been dealing with in the last year as well. And I relate to her a lot and I love her, her ability to be so not judgmental and just like soft, I guess the word soft comes to mind. What a unique treat to be cast for one role, kind of toss this other role that then grows into one that fans really take to, mm. you know, because Matt was not the only person to reference Misty. Uh, we had several other people reference how important that character was to them. Mm. That's got to feel really unique. good. That feels yeah. awesome. Yeah, that feels freaking great. And also the other thing is like Jeremy is a friend of mine and I got to bounce off her dialogue a little bit and that was just really cool. Like it's always cool when it's someone that you know that, you know, and Jeremy's just so, so talented. And um, obviously the other, the other actor, I mean, his name escapes me, but um, yeah, just, just hurt. I love Jeremy's V and it was really mm -hmm. cool to do some of those more like, you know, the, I don't know, there are some really heavy conversations that they have. She's a great scene partner. Do you ever play your character like play the games not really no i yeah um the last two games i played were dead by daylight and uh, sons of the forest and then before that hades mm -hmm. um and i'm not mm -hmm. in any of those i played some of persona 5 which was fun mm -hmm. it's like that's a great game that's just a good freaking game but mm -hmm. no gen generally not but yeah i don't know it kind of kind of takes me out of it not because i don't uh, think again like i don't want to sit here and be like oh i have no idea what i'm doing i'm i don't even know what I, you know but i um like it just, yeah, it just takes me out of it. Cause I'm, I'm always thinking, I think of all these things with a very, very like discerning. I'm really hard on myself as well. So mm. it just, you know, makes me think I'm like, Oh, I could have done that differently or whatever. Gotcha. Um, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> forgive the pivot, but something has come up recently as far as AI and voice acting that mm. I think is fascinating. And I was wondering if you could talk to talk about that a bit because Clint Combs wrote in kind of on that subject and we've seen this kind of prevailing. He says, AI voice acting is already being used in old games for mods to bring NPCs to life. Do you have any concern about AI being used in future games? Uh, is this a general topic in the voice acting community? And then, of course, Clint, he sneaks in there that he loved your work in Cyberpunk as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I honestly don't know a, a whole ton about it. Mm -hmm. I So I can't, I don't feel that I can really comment on it. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, I do not want my voice used to in any ways that I have not consented to. It's the mm -hmm. same thing as, you know, a lot of the discourse on AI art in the cultural zeitgeist right now. Um, sure. It's the same thing. I, somebody, someone did that for me for Luna and a hell of a boss. They, they made me say some stuff that I was not okay with. And I told them as much and they took, they took the video down. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that I, that I know enough about it. I've, I've been talking to my agents about it a little bit and, mm -hmm. and they said, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's all, it's all very, very nuanced, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know that I know enough about it to really make a, make any kind of resounding statements. Well, I, I, I hope, I hope, we, I hope we can find some way to utilize the good and, and not, you know, screw people over. Well, I think you kind of touched on it, making sure that your voice is used the way you intend it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's also like, that's a lot on the business side, right? That's like looking over contracts, contracts, et cetera, et cetera. And all that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. We're we're arriving towards our our ending point, but Logan, I want to invite. Is there anything on your mind that that you have not gotten a chance to ask? I I could go on for hours at this point, but I'll I'll leave it where it is. All right. Well, Erica, I wonder if if there's anything you're able to point to in the gaming space for people to look forward to as far as your work. Uh, and if not, no problem there. Let people know kind of where they should be checking out some of your work and some of your favorite projects. 
Uh, probably the, the most recent biggest thing. Well, I just worked on Jedi Survivor. Um, mm -hmm. I worked on Redfall a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, Hi-Fi Rush, obviously. was mm -hmm. super cool. I'm ha happy to be a part of that. Uh, I don't think there's anything I can talk about upcoming, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Again, with the theme with the theme going towards uh, releasing things day of, <laughs> announcing yeah. and releasing day of. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think my my lips are sealed there. But uh, yeah, I'm just Erica Lindbeck on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but yeah, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Absolute pleasure to have you join us. We are, are grateful and appreciative. Uh, and we can't wait to find out what your next project is, whether it's shadow dropped or announced ahead of time for me sure. Me neither. Hopefully, hopefully I'll book a new one today. Who knows? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> thanks, everybody. Awesome, thanks.